0: Welcome into the PFN Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Dallas Robinson. He's your host, Jay Morrison. How you doing today, Jay?
1: I'm great, Dallas. How are you? Oh, man. What a week one. What a What, week a, what one. a Monday night for oh, you. Oh, my, my goodness. God. Yes, absolutely. The
0: Bengals w- was terrible, but at least they're not the Jets. I mean, <laughs> the Jets season, four plays, Aaron Rodgers done, season over. Maybe not. We'll see how the rest of their season goes. But I don't think the Bengals were quite on that level, but boy, was it bad. It was one of the worst yeah. games I can remember in recent years. Probably the worst game I've ever seen from Joe Burrow. Just an absolutely terrible performance all around. Not a great way to start off the season. Um, let's, let's dive into that game a little bit. Um, I, th- I think the main story has got to be Joe Burrow. He was just absolutely terrible. We'll, we'll dive into the numbers of exactly how bad he was here in a second. But, Jay, you were at the game. I mean, what were your mm-hmm. just initial takeaways? The, w- the weather was terrible. He's coming back from an injury. Brown's defense was playing lights out, absolutely lights out. What are your overall impressions from how Burrow played and just man, how that offense just struggled to get anything going on Sunday?
1: Yeah, you're watching, and I think what I was thinking was the same thing the coaches were thinking is, okay, there's there's some rust here. Weather obviously is a factor. He's going to snap out of this. He's going to look like Joe Burrow. And yeah. you kept waiting for it to happen, and it just never did. And it was, it was striking because – Not just seeing him play that way, but like the book on Joe Burrow is you don't blitz him. He is gonna burn you if you blitz him. And Jim Schwartz came after him, and it it worked. And they, the the Browns, they're just a bad matchup for the Bengals for whatever reason. Well, I mean, I know you know the reason. They they it's a rush and cover league, and they rush and cover as good as anybody in the league. They've got good cornerbacks. They've got an incredible D line, and you know I'm watching the game, and it never really dawned on not I shouldn't say dawned on me I didn't I did not I never thought the calf was an issue now maybe it was but everything we were led to believe was you know this is an injury with a high recurrence rate and they were going to be true. absolutely certain they weren't going to rush him back and so you, you're thinking that that he's not out there unless he feels perfectly fine now maybe there's some doubt in the back of his mind as far as tucking the ball and running or extending plays in the pocket and and there was maybe a little reluctance to do that but Mm -hmm. as far as driving on the ball when he was throwing and stuff I I I think it was more elements related and and I know people hate hearing that because it's the same for both teams but it's just what they were trying to do their scheme they were trying to do the quick game and that's you know you get the ball and and you throw it out in a hurry and you saw it on that first three and one when he he just never really got a good grip on the ball and and missed Irv Smith and it just there's a lot of things that played into it. Um, I, I see it as a blip. I, I it kind of reminds me of a game his rookie year against the Ravens when they yeah. came after him, light crate blitzed him like crazy. That was 27, three. And the only reason it was three instead of zero is the Bengals kicked a field goal at the end of the game just to avoid the shutout. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it reminded, and that was the same thing The Ravens just blitzed the heck out of him in that game. And, and that doesn't happen anymore. So Ravens come up next. They're, they're not, since they've had the, the change on the defensive coordinator side, they're not as much of a blitzing team as they've mm-hmm. been in the past. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I know we're going to get into the preview a little later, but, but do teams start coming after Joe now uh, wondering if, if that calf is still compromised, but yeah. in the grand scheme of things, I think you're going to see Joe Burrow return to who Joe Burrow has been. The weather is supposed to be 77 and, and no rain on Sunday. That's going to be good news for Bengal fans who sit in it and who root for the team to win. So I just, I, I just, I see it as a blip. I see it as a bad matchup that that got exposed. And um, it's just, it's what week one is anymore. I mean, I'll have a, some stats on this later in the show, but yeah, it's almost like a fourth preseason game. You just really don't know what to expect in that opener. And it in no way dictates what's going to happen over the next 17 weeks
0: yeah it's it, it's funny you bring up that Ravens game too because I looked up the worst games of Burroughs career by adjusted net yards per attempt that's a stat that I love it's been shown to mm-hmm. really correlate with winning it's counts for touchdowns and interceptions and sacks and it's a little bit of a complicated formula but it's pretty correlated with winning this was the worst game of Burroughs career by that metric uh, the other ones, week two versus the Bears in 2021. I think we can all remember that game. Burrow mm-hmm. was absolutely terrible. Uh, that Ravens game you mentioned, and then last the opener last season against the Steelers. Those are the worst games of, of Burrow's career. Uh five of the worst games of his career by that same metric, they've all come in week five or earlier. Four mm-hmm. of them have all come in weeks ones or two. Yeah. So maybe maybe Joe Burrow just can't play earlier in the season. <laughs> he maybe he just doesn't doesn't thrive early in the season maybe this Bengals team doesn't thrive early in the season I think we've heard people say you know should the starters have played more in the preseason should Joe Burrow have played in the preseason absolutely not like absolutely not Zach Taylor is never going to do that Joe Burrow looked rusty yes I think you're right though the weather had such an outsized impact Deshaun Watson wasn't good either Deshaun Watson missed a lot of throws the Browns should have won by a lot more honestly yeah I mean given how their defense played like Deshaun Watson left a, left a lot on the table and he was bad last year too. So whether that was just his performance or the weather, maybe a little unclear, but I think the elements were definitely, definitely a part of of what happened on Sunday. Um, oh man, Joe Burrow, dead last in EPA per play among all quarterbacks this week, dead last in success rate, dead last in completion percentage, second shortest time to throw of any player in the NFL, any quarterback in the NFL. He just had no time to do anything. The the Browns, I think you're right that the Browns are a terrible matchup. And I think it's probably only going to get worse now that Jim Schwartz is the defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. there. Um, Robert Mays and Nate Tice on the Athletic NFL show talked about it, that he was constantly having his safeties rotate and spin after the snap and and confuse. You you can see it on the film. Joe Burrow looks hesitant. He looks like he doesn't know exactly what the Browns are doing coverage-wise. There are so many guys over the middle of the field, and I think, Burrow just felt like, I have to take these shots down the sideline. He just couldn't hit them. He just could not hit them. You constantly see receivers stretching out for balls. I mean, they had T. Higgins on a slot fade against Grant Delpit, a safety. And you that That's a matchup you want, T. Higgins yeah. versus a one-on-one versus a safety. T. Higgins beat him, and Joe Burrow couldn't hit the throw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's like you said, that's not going to happen every week. We, we've seen this before. We've seen Joe Burrow have these blips. I guess my concern, we talked about this a little bit before the show, is when this does happen, do the Bengals have a plan? Do they have a plan to say, hey, we can adjust a little bit and try something different, whether it's weather, whether it's Burrow just being off. Is there is there a plan to do something when Burrow's off? Now, most teams, when their quarterback is off, they're probably just going to lose the game. That's just how the NFL works. But, mm-hmm. you know, a team that's going to be contending in the NFC and contending for a Super Bowl title, in the AFC, sorry, and contending for a Super Bowl title, I think you need to have a little bit of a backup plan in um, case – so a
1: game like this happens again yeah and you know I think so you you talk about it being the same for everybody the the Browns had Nick Chubb and that they were able to lean on that running game more and I think that gave Deshaun some some bigger windows to throw into and you're right he missed a lot of open guys you know we asked Brian Callahan about this yesterday and you know, Joe is a rhythm quarterback and he he does not want to go run, run, pass on third down, because a lot of times you're going to be third and eight, third and seven in those situations. And and I think what I touched on earlier in the show is they were of the mindset that he was going to shake this off and and get something going in the second half. And then once, you know, the, the Browns scored right before halftime to make it 10 to nothing, and then they score again uh, three straight possessions in the second half. And it just it got away from him so fast. Um, I I was a little surprised. I tweeted in the middle of the game that, that the conditions were so bad that this was going to turn into a battle of run games. And mm-hmm. the Bengals had a drive where they they started with four straight runs and were really moving the ball. And they just they never really stuck with it. And I think that is because they didn't want to make Joe uncomfortable. And yeah. and you know it you can argue about whether that was the right thing to do or not. I I think there's still a little bit of doubt on, on, on what Joe Mixon is at this point in his career. I mm. thought he looked really good. I, I, he had some good runs, even some too. of the ones that, the, that weren't long. He, he, he made some nice cuts. Some not, had showed good vision. Um, there was one he, third He, he ran really he, hard. He ran he really, did really hard with yeah. burst and and he, he yes. was, he was making guys miss. He was breaking yeah. tackles. He was doing everything that, that younger Joe Mixon did. So I think that's a good sign against week one. We'll see how he holds up over the course of the season, but yeah, I just I I think it was one of those things where you go into it with a game plan. I don't know and it's we should have asked this but I mean I was I think a lot of people were caught off guard by that weather. Sometimes you go into a game yeah. it's like oh 80% chance of rain, you know what kind of game it's going to be. Yeah. It was like a 10 15% chance of rain on Sunday. I, I think everybody knew what the temperature was going to be, but I, I really do think that 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 caught a lot of people, a lot of fans by surprise. You can look <laughs> yeah, down true. and there weren't a lot of ponchos in the stands. There was a lot <laughs> yeah. of people just riding it out. Um, so it, it was it was just one of those things where they were kind of counting on, on Joe Burrow to figure it out. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just did not work out that day.
0: Yeah, they talked about it on the broadcast a little bit on how it was really testing the equipment team uh, manager teams from both squads in terms of if mm-hmm. they brought enough gloves, if they brought enough equipment to manage the weather. So everyone's kind of dealing with that weather. Um, what about the defense? I think you know the final score doesn't show it, but I I think they played relatively well. They, they were put in a lot of bad positions. I think they had the eighth worst average starting field position that they had to deal with from the Browns. Uh Bengals were, th- I think, two of 15 on third down. So just constantly putting the defense in, in a bad spot. But I don't I don't think they were terrible overall. They they gave up some runs of Nick Chubb, but you know, what are you gonna do when you're when you're trailing? I think that's you're kind of expecting that to happen. I thought Trey Hendrickson played well. He led the team in pressures um Dax Hill obviously had the interception that was that was impressive to see but mm-hmm. overall I, I didn't I don't think the defense was put in good positions
1: but I, I don't really have any
0: any big issues with how they performed
1: yeah you you touched on it earlier though that where that easily could have been 40 to three where it, it could have I mean some of the, the there were some guys open there were some blown coverages that, that Deshaun Watson just didn't make them pay for but you're right they I mean they got two turnovers the the, the classic have the team drive down the field and then come up with a stop late when when Pratt punched the ball out or ripped yep. the, ripped the guys. I think it was Jerome Ford. He he separated the ball from him. Chidoewuzye yep, falls on the ball. Uh, the Dax Hill pick you mentioned. Um, I so I do. I, I think the defense played well enough to win that game. You're probably going to win with that effort in in yeah. most situations if you get a if you get a halfway normal Joe Burrow. Um, but it, it, I, one of the most encouraging was they they put uh, Cheeto on a on a pitch count and. Luz made it pretty clear. He doesn't like playing rookies in the secondary, especially <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I thought DJ Turner looked good. He yes. made, and Deshaun Watson went after him a couple times. And um, I think that's a big, big thing for a rookie oh, yeah. to get that many snaps uh, in his first game in bad weather, all that stuff added up. Um, I thought Pratt played really well is also, you know, he had a sack in addition to the the forced fumble. He had yeah. 11 tackles, um, Nick Scott and Dex Hill. That the big question yeah. about the, the um, communication and all that I thought that looked pretty good yeah. so there, there was a lot to be encouraged by defensively you, in this league you know 24 maybe not be ideal but you're going to win more games with Joe Burrows your quarterback giving up 24 than you lose
0: yeah I think DJ Turner especially really just kind of followed up on what he did throughout the entire preseason and training mm-hmm. camp he, he's really done nothing but impress since since joined the Bengals and yeah I think it's really important to have cornerback depth in, in the NFL, especially with someone with a veteran like Cheetos coming back from a serious injury, you know someone's going to get hurt during the season and to, and to have a second round rookie who's already shown he can play in the NFL. I think that's maybe the most critical depth they might have on this roster, I think, is to ha- is to have him available if something happens.
1: Um, yeah. And real quick too, it it wasn't just either or Cheeto and and DJ Turner. There was times they were both out there where the Browns went four wide, five wide, whatever it was, and they needed more corners. And so, um, just the fact that that Lou was, was willing to trust DJ in in that, in his first career game. And, and let's not forget too. Yeah. He did look great, uh, in training camp early on. And then he, he had, uh, they said a lower lay or lower body injury. It was soreness. Um, I'm not sure what it was, but he did miss some practices leading up to this, the opener, and so uh, even coming off of that, he it was a it was a good debut. It was really encouraging to see that a rookie defensive back playing for the Bengals. Something never would have happened under the
0: Marvin Lewis era. We I think we know that. <laughs> it never would have happened. <laughs> they, yeah, they have first round corners that they sat <laughs> yes. for the entire yes. year. Exactly. Uh, the third phase of the game, special teams, not great. Not not great on Sunday. You wrote about yeah. it, Jay. Brad Robbins, his season debut, his NFL debut, not not very good. Uh, and he wasn't happy with his performance either, as you wrote about.
1: Yeah. It, well, he wasn't happy with it, but he wasn't um, overly concerned either. He, yeah. you know, he, he said that, you know, you just flush it, you move on. It happens. Um it was, you know, you always wonder about rookies that how, how they're going to react or especially a punter who doesn't do a lot of interviews. And it was uh, two of us. Actually, it was myself and then Charlie Goldsmith from the Inquirer. We were kind of standing on opposite sides of the poker table, which sounds weird to say in, a, in an NFL locker room. <laughs> uh, but we saw Brad and we both were like, hey, Brad. And then Charlie and I looked is like, well, let's, let's just talk them together. And then the whole swarm came over. So Brad sat there and answered every question. And um, he he was, you know, obviously not not happy with the way he punted but mm. he, he said he wasn't all bad and it wasn't he had some good punts in there as well and uh you know a guy i i, I think the media maybe are using the the weather as an excuse more yeah. than the players are he absolutely threw that aside he said yes it's difficult but he's like i went to michigan i've i've i have punted in this kind of weather before uh this is the afc right. north i'm gonna punt in worse I better get it figured out. So he he said all the right things. Um, he does. He doesn't have a track record in the NFL, obviously, but mm. he does have a track record of of being able to to handle the elements and punt well and, and doing it. You know, leading the NCAA and hang time in the last two seasons. So um, you know, I'm sure there was some nerves there too. Your your first NFL game, and you, like you said, they were backed up so often. A lot of those, yeah. you know, it's you, you're you, the last thing you're wanting to happen is the ball slips a little bit because it is wet. You got the rush coming, you get one blocked. And so, uh, again, I think just like with Joe Burrow, I think you're going to see a much better performance from Brad Robbins and the whole team. That's another thing that people forget about is even on a roster like this where you have so much – Uh, returning talent you still the special teams turn over every year and you know andre yosivas a rookie was playing gunner and and jalen davis did play gunner some last year but he gets a 15-yard penalty for blocking a guy out of bounds it was just the whole operation was a little out of sync and again it just goes back to it's what week one in the nfl is especially only 3 preseason games um even with a lot of those special team guys are playing in the preseason, yeah. but it's a mix. It's a mismatch. And, um, it, it's just, uh, I know Darren Simmons won't be happy with it, but there, there's yeah. one guy you yeah. can trust to get it right. And then, I mean, he's been in this league. He's one of the best special team coordinators in the league. He will get the, the special teams figured out.
0: Yeah, there, there's a lot to correct from week one, I think in probably all three facets of the game. Um, it wasn't great, but the Bengals have been here before. You know, they were 0-2 last season, still made the AFC championship game. It, it doesn't sound like anyone on the team is is overly concerned. And I, and I think the fan base isn't even overly concerned either, which is definitely a, a change from how it's been in previous seasons. I think, you know, this, these type of games happen. There were there are there a lot of excuses you can point to for why this happened, the weather and the injury and lack of reps. And it just is what it is. And I think the Bengals will move forward. And it, it's one game, and it, it's one game does not a season make, right? Yeah. So, we'll we'll move past that game, and uh, they'll they'll move on. And I and I think I I would be surprised if a lot of these issues that we saw against Cleveland are, are recurring issues throughout the season. I really would.
1: Yeah, I am with you. I think that's a lot of thing where the a lot of where the fan base comes from. You know. This year it's the Browns. Last year it yeah. was the Steelers. It's it's teams. You're losing division games, and sure. and it just everybody's so excited. Coming off the Super Bowl last year, coming off of the success or, or two years ago, and then coming off the success last year, everybody's expecting so much in that season opener, and then it, it goes south. And it's, you know, I think Bengal fans just always have that that mindset of when's that, the other shoe gonna drop that nagging it?
0: feeling of yes. what's what's
1: next yes yeah and so and and again they can totally erase it with the win against the ravens on sunday yeah. um yeah, the the schedule lines up pretty nice for them the next three or four games after that yeah. a lot of winnable games you get out of these first two one and one and, and kind of hit the ground running after yeah. that and I, I think the week one could be a, a distant memory pretty soon
0: yeah I think you're probably right. Um, we will talk about Bengals Ravens in just one second, but we did want to talk over, talk about the Joe Burrow contract real quick. Uh, oh, did he sign? It's a few days old now, but <laughs> he is under contract. Joe Burrow will be a Cincinnati Bengal. Uh, you, Paul, you're, Jay, you, and Paul Dinner, and all the other Bengals reporters were at 50 West last week, and all together, right when that news broke, and so we we know you guys were all kind of handling that as it came in, but. I think the most important thing is that he's under contract, obviously. We can we can go into the details of, of the contract and kind of how it's structured and, and what it means for cap flexibility and stuff like that. But uh, just the fact that it got done before week one, I think is probably the most important thing. Um, what, what are your initial takeaways? How do you think this affects kind of where they are cap-wise? And, you know, we, it doesn't look like T. Higgins is going to get an extension at this point, no. but um, what, what do you think about the borough bur- contract? What are your initial takeaways?
1: Um, I was surprised that the the guaranteed was that high, what two nineteen. I mean, you almost, I never thought anybody would get to the to the Deshaun Watson two thirty yeah, again. 230, I was yeah. I was really surprised the Bengals got that close on the guaranteed money. They're they're not big on on that, and uh, that was a win for Joe. Um, I wonder how much the contract played into what happened Sunday. It's it's mm. just human nature. I mean, because yeah. it wasn't just the Will I, won't I sign that kind of stuff? It was like, it broke Thursday night, as you said, he didn't sign it till Saturday morning. There's a lot of, even though they agree on terms, there's a lot of nitpicking, getting things finalized. He has to read over it before he signs it, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's a it's, lot, it's, it's a lot going on. It's, it, it is, a lot and, and you, there, Joe Burrow does not want anything to get in the way of his preparation. Yeah. And that obviously did. That's why you would have liked to have seen it done earlier in the off season maybe when he was hurt, when he didn't have much else going right, on, yeah. that would have been a great time. But um, I, I do think, you know, it all plays into his agent and Nick Bosa and getting that one done first and yeah. kind of letting that new cycle play out for 24 hours. It just, the, the timing was not coincidental, but it is, it's going to be, it's great for Bengals fan. I mean, He's going to be here through 2029. And, and as I wrote in my piece, that column I wrote right after he signed, um, he'll be 33 when, when this, when this extension runs out, Tom Brady won four Super Bowls after age thirty three, so <laughs> he's gonna get at least one more, maybe two more chances to sign huge contracts like this. Yeah, um, but you know who knows if, if if it'll be a Brady situation where he stays in Cincinnati almost the entire career. But that that was, I think. The 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 one of the big things I was looking for in the contract was how many years because I'm sure the yeah. Bengals would have loved to have had a, a Mahomes kind of thing where it's ten sure. years and spread out, but five years on top of the two that already remain keeps him here through 2029. And um, that, that that was the biggest takeaways was the length of the contract, and then the the guaranteed money was just it. I didn't really expect it to to approach yeah. Deshaun like that.
0: Yeah, I think. Generally, I wouldn't even be that concerned about the guarantee for a quarterback just because these guys don't get cut, right? You never see these guys get cut. So what's the difference in giving a guarantee? But this is the Bengals we're talking about.
1: This is a different
0: team. They don't like to hand out guaranteed money. Obviously, they broke the mold here for Joe Burrow, which you'd expect them to do. I think, just talking on T. Higgins real quick, I think that's probably the reason why T. Higgins has not accepted a contract is the Bengals don't want to give any guaranteed money after year one. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure T Higgins thinks he can find that on the open market, which I'm sure he can. Um, Back to Joe Burrow. I think Jason Fitzgerald from over the cap tweeted about uh, Joe Burrow's cash flows just much, much higher than Justin Herbert who already broke all the cash flow records in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's 11.5% higher in the first year, 18.3% higher in the second year. Uh, So in terms of actual cash that Joe Burrow is going to get, he's at the top of the league now. Um, we talked a little bit about this over the past couple of weeks that we didn't know how the contract would be structured. They didn't do a long contract like a Mahomes deal like like you just said. I'm mm-hmm. sure they would have loved to do. They did use some option bonuses, though, which kind of surprised me. That's kind of, I thought that was a little new, too newfangled of a of a technique for the Bengals to use, but they did. The one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is they didn't really create the kind of cap flexibility that we've seen teams like the Eagles do with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts' cap hits for the next three seasons are $6 million, $13 million, $21 million. Joe Burrow is 19 million, 29 million, 46 million. Now, they can always restructure. Joe Burrow has massive base salaries, whereas Jalen Hurts has league minimum base salaries. That's that's the primary difference of their contracts. So the, the Bengals can always restructure. That's not something they've ever done in their entire history as a front office is restructure a contract. Um, so I think that's my general concern about the contract. I'm glad Joe Burrow is going to be here for being Cincinnati for a long time. Does this give them the flexibility down the line to add other talent to continue going into free agency like they've done to extend other players T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. I, I I'm it's not a problem right now. Maybe in two or three years, when his when Joe Burrow's cap hits are huge, are they going to be willing to do what other teams have done to create more financial leeway, to kind of give themselves that optionality and the ability to bring in other talent? I don't know. That's not something the Bengals have really done in the past. They really teams like the Eagles that are heavy into analytics, they look under every stone to try and find an advantage. I don't think the Bengals necessarily do that. They really haven't had to these past couple of years. Uh, They haven't had to search for every advantage and every win on the margin. They've just been good enough to get to where they've gotten just based on talent alone. I do wonder in the future how this contract will affect what else the Bengals can do. But I think the most important takeaway is Joe Burrow is here. Joe Burrow is a top three NFL quarterback and he's not going anywhere. So that, that's all very positive.
1: Yeah. And with the lack of flexibility, I think, you know, they're, they're thinking about as long as you've got Joe Burrow, you, yeah. you, you can win with pieces around him. And really they're, they're on kind of a heater here in, in terms of draft picks where the it, it's, a, it's an old school way, which is not, not an old school way, but it's a different way that where, where the coaches are so involved in the scouting part. And you've, you've really seen that pay off. Um, What what they're, they're drafting these guys that, that are sticking around and contributing and, 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 you know, not just the early round picks, but the late round picks. And, you know, if, if they work under the assumption, they're going to be able to keep doing that and just keep drafting and developing and, and kind of turning those positions yeah. over that way eventually you're gonna to have to let some of these guys go when you develop and they get into such great sure. players but i think that belief there is they've really found something here with with their personnel department and the coaches and um their input as well so yeah. it's it's you know maybe it's a risk but it's hard i always say don't bet against the trend and the trend right now is yeah. they've drafted really well the last four drafts so i think that they're banking on that as well to kind of keep restocking this roster they're not gonna be able to go out in free agency and get guys uh yeah. with that that contract contract's gonna have a big impact there but um I, I think that that plays into it as well i i definitely agree they've been on a heater in terms of draft picks i my concern
0: is that sometimes that could be cyclical and sometimes that could yeah. be kind of random and if the Bengals have a, a couple two or three poor drafts and don't bring in young affordable talent then what you know we it, it, it's it is a risk. It is a risk. I think you're betting on Joe Burrow to elevate talent around him, which he's proven he can do. And you're betting on this coaching staff, like you said, to go out in tandem with the front office and find guys who fit this system and can stick around. Even the even the late round picks, like you've written about, they haven't cut any late round picks in recent years. So I think that's a really positive sign that you've got cheap talent here on the roster. So Joe Burrow is going to be a Bengal for the foreseeable future. That's that's the headline. That's the that's the positive takeaway. Yeah. Um, let's get into Bengals Ravens. Uh, the Ravens won. They beat the Texans on Sunday. I didn't catch a ton of that game, but what I saw, I don't think they looked great. It was a little closer than I thought it would be. Houston is not a very talented roster, um, and injuries galore for the Ravens. That's that yeah. was the story of their Week One. J.K. Dobbins out for the year. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, I think, is week to week. Their center, left tackle Ronnie Stanley, I believe, is week to week. Safety Marcus Williams might be out for the year. We don't. We're not entirely sure. It sounds like he suffered a pectoral injury that. Couldn't, it's going to knock him out for a while. We don't know if it's for the full season. Doesn't sound like yeah. he'll be available next week. And then Marlon Humphrey, uh, who had surgery during the preseason, sounds like he could play this week, but John Harbaugh said it wasn't a guarantee. So a little, little bit of a dilapidated secondary that Joe Burrow is going to be facing. But um, we talked about it a little earlier that, that Mike McDonald, the Ravens coordinator who took over last year, really seemed, I don't think he has Joe Burrow's number quite like the Browns do, but He's done a, done a little little different scheming. He's not as blitz heavy. He's playing more zone coverage. Um, I, I am curious to see what he does against the Bengals, if he maybe tries some of the stuff that the Ravens did in terms – or that the Browns did in terms of spinning safeties at the snap and, and trying to confuse Burrow. Um, what, what are your initial thoughts on, on week two, kind of where – how these two teams line up? Uh, as as week two approaches,
1: yeah, I think uh, a lot of Bengals fans are hoping this is going to be the magic elixir and everything goes back to normal. This is not the ideal team you want that to to happen against. It's I think you're going to see a rock fight similar to what we saw in the playoff game last year. Uh, it's just it seems like every year the Bengals play the Ravens, they're dealing with injuries. Um, they 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 have backups that are able to keep the game competitive. Um, I I don't want to give away my bet. From later in the segment too much or from the show too much but i do think points are going to be at a premium you're going to see a better bengals offense you're going to see a better joe burrow but you're not going to see light it up you yeah. know the, the the shootout kind of game i just i i don't see any way that happens i i think i would agree i i don't think that the ravens are going to be able to generate
0: as much pressure on burrow as the browns did and it's just, it's just a different defensive scheme i think they're going to be a little more passive They're not gonna. They don't. They don't really have a Miles Garrett. They've got. Mm. They've got some decent edge rushers. They have Jadavion Clowney. David Ojabo is there, Um, but I I just don't think they're going to be able to create that sort of pressure up front that that the Browns did. So if if Burrow has more time to throw and has more time to process, I think more importantly, that's going to be able to give him a little better of an opportunity to look like the Joe Burrow that we know instead of last week. Um, I do think it'll be a close game too. I think. You know, the Ravens have a new offensive coordinator and Todd Monken. They're they're not running the same sort of re-tight end offense that they've been running out for the yeah. past few years. It's a little more wide open. Zay Flowers, their first-round pick at wide receiver, looked really good against the Texans. He already looks like he's totally pro-ready. Um, Mark Andrews, I guess, is one guy we didn't mention in terms of injuries yeah. who, who didn't play last week, who we, we don't really know if he's going to be available this week either. Um, he said he had hoped to play in week one, so maybe that gives him a chance to play this week he's obviously a huge loss. He's, he is Lamar Jackson's favorite target. Um, Isaiah likely their backup tight end has done some good things in the past, but he didn't really produce in week one. Um, I, I see him a, a lower scoring game as well, only because I have a lot of faith in both these defenses and these defensive coordinators. Um, And, and I am worried about those Ravens injuries. If I were a Baltimore fan, <laughs> they yeah. they're injured every year. I don't know what's going on in Baltimore <laughs> between them and the chargers. It's like, every single year critical players go down Lamar Jackson is still healthy for now but he's obviously missed 10 I think 10 games over the past two years and every week it seems like they miss a critical player I don't know exactly what's going on in the water in Baltimore that it's causing so many injuries but um, yeah I, I see a lower game a lower scoring game as well I think let's just go ahead and get into our bets <laughs> let's, let's go ahead yeah, and talk about what we what we've got uh, you want to start off with what you're you're thinking for this week
1: yeah, well, let's recap last week. Uh, yeah. Not a good week for the, the PFN trio. No, no, no. Um, you, you went 0-2. You had a I last did. play being a field goal for the Bengals-Browns game. That was not the case. That did not uh, happen. You yeah, had the Steelers on the money line. That, that didn't really
0: – Not even
1: close. out. <laughs> not I had Bengals close. minus 2.5, so I I, no. I booted one as well. I did hit the t- Titans and Saints under 41. Uh, and then Brian Bluis, our betting director – uh, he he was on Browns plus two and a half. He won that one easy. Got that one. Um, but then he also uh, he had the Rams being the lowest scoring team of the week for sixteen hundred, and the the Panthers being the lowest scoring team of the week at plus nine hundred. And of course, the Giants failed to score a point, and yep. he lost both of those bets. So he's sitting at zero. We're both trying to work out of the hole. Um, I'm this week. I'm going with. I I just I don't like the number. Bengals minus three and a half. I think this is going to be close. so I'm I'm going to go to the other number. I'm going to go to the over under it's 46 and a half is the over under right now. Uh, there's only six times in 54 career meetings that the Bengals Ravens number has been 46 or higher. Uh, it's gone under all six times. And, uh, four of those six times have been since 2019. So there's a definite trend there. It's just even taking history out of it. I just think this is going to be a low scoring game. So I'm going to put 10 units on the Bengals, Ravens going under. And then Brian went similar to my thought process here. You always go the opposite way of those week one games, especially the yeah. surprise ones. It's it's there's mm-hmm. always the the pendulum swings the other way. Um I'm going Steelers plus two at home against the Browns. I just think there everybody's gonna be high on the Browns, everybody's gonna be down on the Steelers. Um the Browns have been underdogs to the Steelers in 29 of their last 30 visits to Pittsburgh. The only time they were a favorite, they lost. Uh, they haven't won a game in Pittsburgh since 2003. I just, I see the Steelers winning that. I I, I think you're going to see the entire EFC North be one and one after week two. That's an interesting pick. I, I don't know. I haven't given a ton of thought to that game, but. I don't think the Steelers'
0: offensive line is any better than, or I think it's significantly worse than the Bengals. I'm curious to see how Miles Garrett and Co. do against yeah. uh, do against that offensive line. And I was, God, I I unfortunately made that bet on the Steelers last week, but their offense looked so stagnant and just so just no juice to it whatsoever. Especially when you're watching teams like the Dolphins that know how to create space and 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 use motion to their to their advantage. The Steelers do none of that. <laughs> they just don't do anything besides try to get guys iso ball one-on-one wins. Um So that'll, that'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. My picks, I am picking the Ravens plus 3.5. Uh But I do think the Bengals will win. I, I, I do, but I just, I think this will be a close game and I, and I can't see it being, being more than 3.5 points. I think it'll be very tight. I, I'm, I think Justin Tucker will, will play a big role. He can obviously kick from yeah. probably farther than any kicker in the league. Um I think it could come down to to some plays in the fourth quarter. I expect Joe Burrow to be better, obviously, um, but I I do think the Ravens will be within that spread. So I'll put 10 units on that. And then kind of the same thought process, as you said, going against those week one results. I'm going to go 10 units on Chargers minus three at the Titans. I think the Chargers are a very good team who just ran into an offensive juggernaut in the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. And they still almost won that game. You know, a couple, couple of poor plays pass interference call at the end of the half that gave the dolphins a free field goal chargers easily could have won that game um i i think they're they have a very impressive offense and a lot of talent on defense even if it didn't show up against the dolphins and i just don't think the titans are very good i i, I don't i think i thought they should have been rebuilding this year they didn't really do that they didn't look great against the saints uh that, that game if he didn't catch it was just as bad as, as basically both teams played as bad as the Bengals, but there was no weather in that game. So yeah. if you can if you can imagine how bad offensively that could be. I don't like the Titans this year. I, I think the Chargers are far more talented. So even though they'll be on the road, I'm gonna take them uh minus three against the Titans.
1: If, if the Titans put up 30 on the Chargers, then next week's bet's gonna be Brandon Staley, will be the first coach fired. <laughs> yes. You might already get fired <laughs> after that
0: game if that happens. So we don't know. <laughs> We're not sure. Um all right, let's get into our predictions for you, the game. You, you, do we want to put in Brian's Oh yes yes, 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 yes. Sorry, yep. he's not yep, joining absolutely. us this week, but he he's not him. here this week. Yes. Yeah. But what are his bets?
1: So uh, he went Bengals money line and then the under as a parlay. So okay. he's got that's for plus one ninety five. He put ten like units it. on that. Uh, same thing. He went. He went with the rebound. Uh, he's going Chiefs minus two and a half at Jacksonville for five units. Okay. Uh, and another rebound game. He's going Seahawks plus six at the Lions uh, for five. Interesting. Units. Okay.
0: I, I like those bets. I don't know. Seahawks did not look good against the Rams. <laughs> I think the Lions yeah. offense uh, looked really good against the Chiefs. I, that's an interesting one. We'll have to see how that goes. Brian is the expert. I'll defer to his uh, expertise on that call yeah. for now.
1: Ford yeah. Field should be pretty fired up, though, to see that yes. team come home after being absolutely Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right.
0: Now let's get into our predictions. <laughs> right. We've gone over Brian's bet. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. Like I said, I, I think – it's going to be a close game. I think the Ravens will be within 3.5 points. And I agree with you and Brian. I think it'll be a lower scoring affair. I've got Bengals 22, Ravens 20. Um, I, You know, the the Ravens are very analytically minded. I think there could be some two-point attempts in there. Get kind of a weird score, uh, like 22-20,
1: that you might not see often in the NFL. That's my prediction for week two. How about you? Yeah, I'm going uh, Bengals 17, Ravens 16. I just okay. it feels even like lower that kind of Yeah, even <laughs> lower. It feels like that kind of game. All right, now that the picture in, I did want to – you guys know I love stats. I've got some stats for the Bengals. Jay's fans. got stats. Yeah, the guys, the people that you guys might be wondering what the heck happened last week. It's not uncommon. I, I went and I looked the last three years. Teams that were coming off playoff berths facing teams that were not coming off playoff berths. And the teams that were coming off a playoff appearance are 6-12 in week one in, in those games. It just – it's just, it's a weird week. And and yeah. this this year they were four and four. The Bengals were one of the losses. Obviously the Chiefs lost, Bills lost, Seahawks lost. Um, in 2021, those teams were one and five in the opener. And it, the year before they were one and three. It's just, I don't know if you can say there's rhyme or reason to it, other than the fact that it's just, you can't tell anything from week one. If you remember last year that the Bears beat the 49ers in week one in a weather game, in a super rainy game, kind of like we saw Bengals, Browns, It just you, week one doesn't tell us anything. It, it, it creates a lot of it creates a lot of talk show it banter, does. but it's it's when we get to October, even week one is going to be a distant memory. And um, I, I just don't think people should panic. There's a history of this, uh, and you just really can't judge a lot off of those opening games. I think it's easy to overreact
0: because we spend the whole summer previewing the season. Building up to this one game and then we want to make all of our declarations after what (laughs) happened in a 60 minute game in a one of 17 game. It's just not going to happen that way. Somebody had to win, somebody had to lose. And I think obviously the Bengals didn't play well, but we've seen this before. We've seen it last year. (laughs) We saw them rebound and almost make it to the Super Bowl again. So. I don't think it doesn't feel to me like Bengals fans are overreacting, which I think is is a positive sign and a sign of where this franchise is that people have the faith in them to rebound and the faith in Joe Burrow to kind of rebound. But I would just caution anyone who is overreacting to calm down. We've seen this before. It's just week one and things will get better. That's I think we both we both think that things will get better, maybe even as early as week two.
1: It's like when you go to a concert and the band comes out and they play a song off their new album to open the show and you're like, oh, well, this is <laughs> yeah. going to stink. And then you know the good one. The good stuff's coming just, later. Just play the hits, right? That's right. Play the hits.
0: All right. I think that'll do it for this week. Um, Jay, anything else before we sign off? Anything else Anything else on the Ravens game or anything else in the Browns game before we, before we head off for today?
1: No, just really looking forward to seeing AJ Green come back. He's going to be the ruler yeah. of the jungle. Uh, great pick there because he really roasted the, the the Ravens during his career. I remember one uh, conference call when we did conference calls with the opposing head coach, and and John Harbaugh said. It, hopefully at some point before he retires, we'll figure out how to guard that guy. <laughs> and, uh, so it'll be Never really happens. AJ's not a super excitable guy, so I don't know how he's going to do getting up there, trying to fire up the crowd, but I think the crowds gonna yeah. be plenty fired up on their own. Uh, we'll be good to see him. Um glad that the, he, the Bengals have reached out to bring him back. You know, one of yeah. the, one of the ones that kind of got away, so to speak, even though it was at the end of his career, we all saw yeah. the writing on the wall and um, it's good that the, the the ring of honor, all that kind of thing where they, they bring these guys back for things like this. I think it's a great move. I I totally, I totally agree. Um, Thanks again for listening today.
0: Make sure you check back next Tuesday. We'll talk about the Ravens game. We'll preview week three. Uh, Make sure you're checking out all of Jay's work on pro football network on the Bengals and everything else on pro football network, fantasy content, betting content, general NFL college, college football network, everything you could hope for in the NFL universe. We've got at pro football network. Thanks again for listening. We will see you again next week.